Hello, family. This is Larry Hogan. I am your host for the podcast, Where Do We Go From Here? That is the question. The answer, forward. Always forward. I have been uh, uh, diagnosed or uh, uh, tested positive with COVID and have been recovering for the last couple of weeks. Recovery from COVID is fairly routine. It's like having the flu to the fifth power. Your body aches, your chest is clogged, and breathing is difficult. Your tongue is bitter, and at times you lose your ability to taste and smell, for that matter. I am grateful that I have been vaccinated and had my first booster shot. As is recovery from the flu, COVID requires one to basically be bedridden, drink plenty of fluids, and get plenty of rest. And it is here where suddenly, in addition to looking at the various sports programs, I have looked at plenty of news shows, documentaries, and, and, and just observed the state of affairs in America. We are all saddened and shocked at another multiple killing spree at an elementary school. We always talk about the status of America right now. Yeah, we are a divided population. Gas prices are out the roof. Inflation is so strong. But are we ready to answer questions about our readiness and willingness to accept some hard truths? I don't normally share my title or even have a title with these discussions. But today, uh, if I was to have a title, I do have a title. But today it is uh, Make America Great Again. How? Matthew Dowd former campaign strategist for President George W. Bush, in the midst of all this, created a political action committee named Country Over Party. To me, that translates to making a choice between right and wrong. Maybe, just maybe, depending on the choices you make, this is who we really are. I do believe there are more good, there's more good than evil. I believe most people are not racist. Many people are prejudiced, but not racist. To me, power is the difference between prejudice and racism. The racist has the power to affect change. Prejudice, it grants familiarity and opportunity with little consequences for their actions. Ari Melbrook did a superb piece on how minorities in general, and black men in particular, are held to a different standard, more so than any other race, especially when it involves the criminal justice system and cultural norms, with culture being the arts. It matters not their political party, their wealth, or gender. For example, I Shot the Sheriff, as sung by Eric Clapton, showed how white artists can sing about killing folks with no discernible affiliation or association between fact or fiction. They are not held or compared to identify or compelled to identify with their persona or personalities. They are not held to a higher standard. They do not have to separate a character from reality. As a comparison, what was the nation's response to gangster rap? There was a congressional hearing to ban the music. 
even Bill Clinton, air quotes here, aka the first black president, participated and at times led the hearing with commentary. Do you remember the uproar about when President Obama, the actual first and only black president, commented on the possibility of Trayvon Martin, a victim of an unarmed young black male being shot by an ordinary citizen. Do you remember the uproar when President Obama committed on the possibility of Trayvon Martin being his son? From police chase to having police call for waiting in a coffee shop to cutting a neighbor's yard to walking, just simply walking the street. Why would a police officer even respond to a call for something as simple as those activities? As a citizen of the United States, is it wrong to go to school, shop in a mall, attend church services, or go to the hospital? If your response is no, then okay. So let me ask another question. As an elected official, the bare minimum of your office is to protect its citizens. Then tell me, Mr. Elected Official, what are you going to do about it? Tell me, Mr. Mrs. Citizen, what are you going to do about it? If walking to school, going to the movies, and going to concerts or sport events is legal, and there's nothing wrong, no law is being broken, what are you doing? Again, what are you doing? Mr. and Mrs. Congressman, Mr. and Mrs. Joe Public, what are you doing to protect that right? Maya Cirillo, one of the survivors of the Uvalde shooting in Texas, she survived by smearing blood over her body and pretended that she was dead. And when asked, do you feel safe in school? Do you think it will happen again? This 11-year-old, her answer was no to the first and yes to the second question. If you are a, pol a politician, and I don't give a damn whether you are Democrat or Republican, if you can't protect me and my family, does it not, whether you agree or not on policy, if you can't protect your citizens, what's the purpose of public service? There's no reason to talk about unity, singing songs, the national anthem, and and talking about home of the free and land of the brave, if you can't do the basics, it makes it hard to believe that. There has now been enough evidence that makes me wonder, why do we spend eight times more than the next 10 countries combined for defense purposes? With what happened in Washington more than a year ago, what are we doing as a country? You can't or won't even dis defend what is supposed to be the centerpiece of and for democracy. On January 6th, that was an armed mob who couldn't, most couldn't identify whether they were attacking a Republican or Democratic representative, party member. But we do know that mob shouted, hang Mike Pence, the then Vice President of the United States. We do know they shouted, kill Nancy, Nancy Pelosi. She was the third highest, no, she is 
the third highest ranking politician in the country. And the police officers that were there to serve and protect, what did they do to deserve the treatment that they got? And what about the mob who singled out black officers and then referred to them as N-words? When all politicians went into hiding, their staff, their assistants, everyone involved, they all went into hiding. The Democrats didn't run into hiding and the Republicans stayed out and said, I'm with you. No, they all went into hiding. Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, Mike Lee, Rand Paul, Kevin McCarthy, Steve Scalise, Marco Rubio, all Republican senators and congressmen, they are all on the tape condemning the violence publicly. And now they act as if nothing happened. Now, if you would come out and say, on second thought, with courage and conviction, I believe or I thought, but just to simply ignore it or downplay it, that's unacceptable. Mr. Vice President, your wife and children were with you and your boss, the president, the supposed leader of the free world and all of its citizens seem not to be concerned with whether you live or die. This is no small matter. Democrats, you ask the country to put you in charge and watch the changes made for the betterment of America. When the American people answered the call and granted you your wish, what happened? What did you do? There are multiple 80-20 positions from the public. Gun reform and abortion right now is at the top of the list, it seems. And it seems as though voting rights have fallen off the table. Now, I didn't mention inflation because that is a worldwide problem. So there's, I don't know what policies, and either, either way, there are no policies that are being discussed. But with 80-20 positions as they are, what does that say about your ability to lead and or make things happen? Democrats, you govern as though you lost the elections. And Republicans, you govern as though you won the election. The opposing party, Republicans, have stopped everything that you promised them. The minority party just flat out won't let it happen. You, I know it's tough. I know it's tough. I know 50-50. I know the rules and regulations. But sometimes you just have to do what's right versus what's wrong or what the party says do. Your colleague actions across the aisle, they do everything with relative ease to make voting more difficult. And then you seem to be powerless to stop the changes. Now, Dems, you rightfully celebrate bipartisan laws such as the COVID relief bill, infrastructure deals, and you have done a lot to help. There's no doubt about that. But nobody will know it because uh, all you seem to talk about are your failures and not showcase your accomplishments. Replacement theory, immigration, freedom of speech, and I haven't even thought about or talked about the religious, uh, national religious BS, or abortion rights, or even health care. P. 
people do think these are legitimate concerns and issues. But it seems neither party wants to have genuine policy debates and offer up solutions. Right now, there's a political party that is okay with mountains of evidence that their former leader, President Trump, tried to change the results of free and fair elections. As a matter of fact, the entire party, mostly either through agreement or silence, which makes you complicit, has made that situation a stolen election, their rallying cry for another chance. 400 families have more wealth than half the entire population. Three businessmen have the ability to put a man in space for a price. And on top of that, they all pay, on average, taxes that amount to the same as someone making less than $25,000 a year. Listen, do business leaders, CEOs, and companies need to make sacrifices for the betterment of their customers and the nation as a whole. Again, Ari Melba, host of the talk show, The Beat, played a recording from a shareholders meeting emphasizing their purpose of getting returns on their investments. No mention of the subsidies totaling $35 billion for oil companies, even though each one making record profits. Yeah, I still think there are more morally principled people in America than ever, than I may think. There are more than they are not. But at the same time, I think there's a problem with CEOs and companies who puts profits above everything else and justify it. Personally, though, I think this version of the Republican Party, and let me be clear, Trump's Republican Party, Trumpism, is absolutely devoid of principle. The entirety of the Congress, along with the validity, ability, reputation, and recognition as a world leader, is at stake and on the line. How can America claim moral high ground when discussing human rights with other countries, or women's rights, or the treatment of the elderly and children, or medical abuses, when your own house, our own house, is not in order. Trumpism in all this form has permeated every aspect of American lives. We are so quick to kill one another, to kill humans, and put each other down, and yet we will move, Republicans will move heaven and hell to protect the lives of the unborn. You refuse to help by way of putting money in the health care, which would include mental health. This version of the Republican Party will actively prevent any kind of assistance for food, affordable housing, education, all of the safety nets that indeed once made America great. Republicans were known for promoting individual rights and responsibilities, small government, and less regulation. Yet they offered no party platform in 2020 other than what Trump supported, or they would support Trump. Since that time, this party, this version of the Republican Party, 
is now asking educators, no, make that demanding or suggesting strongly. They are being told, the educators, what they can and cannot teach, basic history, sex education for their children, personal responsibility, with the threat of a lawsuit hanging over their head for talking about any type of behavior. And for good measures, this party wants the teachers to strap on a firearm and shoot or prevent an armed, body armor covered, automatic assault weapon carrying young male in most of the case from shooting the class, all in a day's work. These twin incidents in the last two months tells a lot about what this nation values. Guns, wealth, and the majority race. Not diversity, or people who think differently, live differently, have a different version of family, have a different faith or religion. They do not, they may not live in the same neighborhood or attend the same church. That's not a bad thing. That's what diversity is. We, the people. That's what it's all about. Now, did you hear or what the town's only pediatrician in Ubalde said with what happens to young bodies after being shot up by automatic weapons. They said the same thing 10 years ago at uh, in, uh, uh, Sandy Hook. But he said their bodies were torn apart, including decapitation of two children. GOP Congressman Steve Scalise, a survivor of mass shooting, his response to propose gun control was the standard. It is an attack on our Second Amendment rights. He used an analogy uh, 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 of uh, 9-11. He said, did we ban planes after 9-11? That comment is typical ignorance, morally corrupt or both. In the aforementioned 9-11 attack, did you mention of the 19 attackers, 15 were of Saudi Arabian descent. And the United States still does business with that country. But the nation's response, the official nation's response publicly, was to attack Iraq and kill its leader, Saddam Hussein, who had nothing to do with 9-11. But be that as it may, to answer Representative Scalise's rhetorical question, no, planes were not banned, but they were regulated as to limit one's ability to get on a plane. They had search and seizures. We developed an entire Department of Homeland Security. You had to take your shoes off to get inside the plane. So they were regulated. And then he came back and offered the lack of prayer in school as a reason for mass shooters and shooting incidents. Okay, I mean, if that's what you want to say, but my response is I can pray anywhere. And I teach my children to pray anywhere at any time. Because prayer is between them, me, and my God. And he will answer prayer. Doesn't have to be in school. Doesn't have to be public. Doesn't have to be, you know, for sure. And the historical fact regarding the Second Amendment. Anything done in the beginning of the creation of the United States was racially motivated. From the Dred Scott decision, 
which played a heavy role that formed the basis of the Electoral College and the counting of slaves. In the purpose of representing the government, to represent the people, but slaves had no right to vote, and that was resolved by counting them as three-fifths of a person. So when you talk the Second Amendment, it was said that it was well-regulated militia. The it was primarily a way to keep guns out of the hands of slaves, newly freed or otherwise, if they decided to revolt against the government. And don't forget the other supposed uh, suggestion. A good guy with a gun would stop a bad guy with a gun. Well, there were multiple good guys, supposedly, with a gun at Uvalde, at Robb Elementary, but they were prevented from stopping the bad guy. Arguably, because they feared the gun in the bad guy's hand and the possession of that AR-15. Next is the January 6th insurrection. insurrection. No sense in going over the details except one undeniable fact. If the protesters, if the protesters would have been black or brown people, there would have been a bigger presence without question and more, much more aggressive response. There would have been no hand-to-hand -hand combat. There would have been no rushing the Capitol building. Nothing like that would have happened. They would have considered these people terrorists. They would have opened fire they would have, you would have still been trying to find people. They would have tore up the entire capital to protect the integrity of the democracy had it been black and brown people. My point, somehow or other, there is more empathy and sympathy for white folks to do and get away with any and everything. There's no calls from a, for a police if white folks are walking in a minority neighborhood, waiting at a local store. They, they, they can walk in with an AR-style rifle in the middle of a riot in a store if it's in an open carry state. But if a black or brown folk, they defy the police order or walked in the state, uh, walked in an open carry, walked with an, in an open carry state with a rifle, they would have been shot down multiple times because the officer feared for his life. But when confronted with a known government and children at stake, it didn't prompt the same type of response. And as ugly as that sound, any reasonable person and backed by history would know that is the truth. Finally, let me add one more thing. The Ukraine war and the response of its people they are outmanned, outgunned, but those people are united. I'm afraid that if that happened in America right now, in the current condition with a Democratic president, the Republican Party would side with Russia. So America, what can we do about this? How can we make America great again? How? I don't have all the answers, and I don't know um, what that would be and what that would look like. I certainly still believe there are more great people. There are more people 
that care than they are that do not care. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. So America, vote. Vote like your life and your child's life depended on it. America has always prided itself in their moral principles. But if you take a hard, factual look at our history, we are not as exceptional as one may think. We do great things. And when we do, it makes a major difference for all the world. But you can't ignore the bad and evil things that we do and have done. Arguably, America was founded on the principles of religious freedom and independence, but turned right around. Soon, if not the moment you came to America, the very same things we were supposed to be escaping from, tyranny, subjugation, and religious freedom, we did to the people who were already here. And we do it over and over to every group that come here and that did not look, think, or act like the American-European model. And you continually do. We continually do that now. It's not as blatant, but just as effective as ever with devastating results. America goes out of its way to protect the very wealthy and the majority of its citizens. In a land that promotes democracy and every vote counts. This is not how we operate. Just last week, all the major networks covered the reign of England's monarchy, the Queen. But is that not why America, air quotes, was discovered? And that's why we got away from England? There is only one constitution, and in this opening line, known as the preamble, it states, we the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, and ensure domestic tranquility. As I close, I do have more questions than answers. But that's what this is all about. Asking questions. Where do we go from here? Seeking answers, making commentary, and working for solutions. So remember, we must go forward. The answer is always forward. This is Larry Hogan, your host for the podcast. Where do we go from here?